A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy! Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it It's Welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we are a real life couple. Real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of questions from a couple of different listeners. Well, well, well. What a weekend. Well, it was somebody's birthday. (laughs) It was my birthday. But (laughs) I think the real star of the weekend was Mabel, who met so many dogs. (laughs) Mabel, I mean, Saturday was for old friends. Mm -hmm. You know, she saw her classic Edie and Peanut Golden Girls, Cooper and Fitz. But then Sunday, she met Franny, a.k.a. her doppelganger, (laughs) even though their haircuts weren't matching today. Uh So I could tell them apart. And then a beautiful dog named Midas. (laughs) <laughs> Who did truly have a touch. You, of course, uh, opened for Jeff Tweedy from Wilco at, at Largo. Yes. A lot of uh, things ending in O. <laughs> Wilco, Largo, opening. Sorry. But did you enjoy it? Because I felt the need to, you know, make sure people knew I was I would never do a show on your birthday. Uh-huh. You know, because it's like we would do dinner. We would do something. But you were like. You know, you're a fan of Jeff Tweedy, and so me doing the show gave us a chance to see the show from the friggin' wings for Coolio. Like, cool people I I mean when I say for Coolio. Yeah, I haven't seen, (laughs) I haven't seen Wilco since the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot tour. So that was you say a, that like it was just something that was know, a long time know. ago. Okay, a long, a long time. time ago. A long time. So it was a thrill. He was very nice. He very was nice. so nice. Very nice person. Well, it's funny because you know you and I, as we go out and about in L.A., we do start to run into people who we've admired, seen from afar, and normally you or not normally often. Uh-huh. You'll get a little nervous and a little quiet. Yeah. And I thought you were just fun and casual with Jeff Tweedy. I was. We talked about Dave Berman from the Silver Juice. <laughs> so it was great. It what was, was great. it about him? Is it is it musicians versus comedians? Like you're a little bit more comfortable around them? I don't know what it, I think I've just like I, I hit a point, Naomi, where I was like <laughs> You're an adult. Just fucking get your shit together and just talk to people. Stop being yeah. so like Yeah, I don't know. I, okay. I think it was just, no, just I hit curious. a wall. 
Well, I mean, look, the pandemic definitely took down my boundaries yeah, and like sense of like, oh God, it's like, wait, we've all been through a collective trauma. Mm-hmm. What, and we all on the same page? Yeah. So this whole like, you're somebody, you know, on a higher level. It's like, yeah, and like accomplishing some stuff that I've wanted to accomplish, I think gave me gives me a little bit of confidence in my back pocket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> what an indie rock family we have here. You open for Jeff Tweedy. My old band opened for Death Cab for Cutie. We- my God. My God. Look at us. Look, whoever thought. Certainly when we got together, I didn't think I'd be opening for a Jeff Tweedy. Yeah. I didn't know who a Jeff Tweedy was. Who's next? Who? who, who what indie Super rock? Chunk. Super Chunk. Super Chunk. I'll open for Super Chunk. I can't uh, think of an audience who would be less amenable. Mac McConnell, are you listening? <laughs> Do you, have when when you guys are in <laughs> when you guys come here to uh, to Los Angeles, have Naomi open up for you. I can think of nothing more terrible. <laughs> but I would. But Andrew, I would do it for you. I would do it so that you uh-huh. could hang out backstage with Super Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> and we could get a picture what time <laughs> so like when i was uh, a kid or a kid like a teenager right after a show sometimes the band would come out and mm-hmm. you and you would get like they would sign stuff and you, or you would say like you know hey that was great shit whatever you, yeah they the 90s when there was hope yeah and people were nice yeah. there was one time i saw super chunk in philly and mm-hmm. for whatever reason no one did that but me and my one friend oh like no one stayed outside yeah and so and i was just standing there <laughs> and i'm like should we go? Yeah. And I said that to my friend and he's like, yeah, maybe. And then the band came out and it looked like we were about to like knife them and steal <laughs> oh, no. their equipment. Oh God. <laughs> and I just was just like, uh, that was a great show guys. Bye. And then I like, ran, cause it was so embarrassing. Yeah. 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 Uh, because it, it would was, feel look, weird. It, yeah. Cause it was a dark alley. It was oh like, my God. Yes. Like the Trocadero or something. Oh, well Philly that's why no one else was TLA. doing it. I can't remember. Maybe that's why no one else was doing it. And cause it was I, a dark alley. It's a dark alley. <laughs> we were holding Billy clubs. <laughs> My friend Dan had a, a a sock filled with D batteries. I don't know why it was threatening. Someone was nodding out <laughs> behind a dumpster. Why was no one else waiting to meet the band? Uh, now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to very quickly. Yes, please. Uh, you know, uh, Alyssa's episode last week, yes. so many people called in with advice uh, for the woman who uh, called in because her parents... Like her dad got very Trumpy over the last yes, couple of years, was and like he was like harsh with his mom, yeah, with her mom, yeah, yeah. belittling her mom, and yeah. uh, it was just a real shit show. And she didn't know like what right. to do. Right, we got so many, so many responses that were saying things like "protect yourself," uh-huh. uh huh, "don't get involved," hmm. uh, you can't. They're they're adults too. You can't. Right, like, right. There's nothing you can really do. One caller said, "You got to let them hit rock bottom." I did, and things like got better after that they got divorced or they got yeah, separated yeah, yeah. or whatever like that wow and then i think they said you know the caller can reach out to me if, <laughs> if she wants we can't really connect people but right right and if anyone wants to start a discord and be the <laughs> moderator feel free but here's one that i thought was something none of us thought of so let me play this please. comment please hi andy and naomi uh, my name is sarah i'm hiding in a bedroom on vacation to come at you right quick because I wanted to share my experience from Alistair Mastermonico's episode. Um, sounds just like my parents, the caller that is having a problem with her parents. Exactly like my parents. I come from a Latin family, so, you know, we got a lot of machismo and shit like that. And so that's been an, um, an issue. My parents are on the same age. My mom just turned 70. My dad is 65, a little bit younger than my mama. And... um You know, he's been having a real hard time since he retired two years ago. And um, so 
my siblings and I definitely all had separate conversations with him about his behavior. And, um, you know, it really took my brother, the smallest, the youngest of us all, to um, get through to him. And my me, myself, coming from a place of love and being like, hey, yo, dad, I'm coming to you because I'm coming to you because I absolutely love you. And I want you to know that this is not okay. And here's my experience because I see myself fully in him. And it took me two years to get him on Lexapro. Okay. See if this caller can help her dad take care of his mental health first to to better the relationship. Because ever since my dad got on Lexapro, their relationship has been so much better. My mom has her grandchildren as an excuse to get away from him. And, um, yeah, so just wanted to leave you with that. Work on your mental health first. The panorama's been a bitch on everybody. So see if that helps. Um, I loved your episode with Alyssa. We just started talking about infused vodka. I thought she was talking about, like, infusing with weed. I had this infused rum once that fucked up my whole afternoon. So, Alyssa, if you hear this, try that sometime. I love you both deeply. Esteemed guests, what's popping? Um, bye. Okay, I'm obsessed. <laughs> to know that this person is listening to our podcast makes me feel so good. <laughs> makes me feel like, okay, this is, this, I am finding my tribe. Mm. These are the people. Mm. Yes, beautiful angel. Thank you so much. Whew, two years to get your daddy on Lexapro. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That one, you persevered and that he got there. And I can only imagine. It's so true because sometimes I think I definitely forget about that when it comes to uh, the older generation, right? Yeah. Because they didn't grow up with medication and like open conversation about it the way we have. And then it's like, oh, right. Like just because you're 70 don't mean you, you don't need a Wellbutrin. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's also an option too. There can be so much stigma, but my God, it can it can be helpful. It really can. Now, when the caller said got their dad on Lexapro, does that mean like got him to go to a psychiatrist and get a prescription, or just start sneaking it into his food, <laughs> like the way we feed Prem his thyroid medication? <laughs> yeah. So it's maybe look, maybe they did just mash it up, mash some Lexapro up with some wet food, with an arroz con pollo, put a little bit, some put plantains. a little plantains, yeah, some Lexapro, hide it under some plantain crunchies, <laughs> crunchies, a nice ripe one so it's soft, and then you put the pill in it. No, I bet that is a beautiful thing though. But yeah, it takes a lot. It's a lot. Good lord, that sounds real. There's a lot of people who need a little something. Yeah. little five ten milligrams or something <laughs> to just like put a little space between yeah. them and but, the first thought but i like that because all of us were like fuck this guy <laughs> <laughs> like every everyone even the people that are calling like hey don't get involved or like you know let them hit rock bottom every, almost everyone is universally like this guy's a piece of shit but <laughs> it took one caller to call in with empathy towards the dad and be like maybe he's not maybe he's not doing well and maybe yeah yeah but also but also they are acknowledging it was it still wasn't easy right oh, it took, sure. it took sure, multiple sure, sure, sure. children to finally break through and it's like so right. it was basically like a mental health intervention kind absolutely of. absolutely i mean because i'm i doubt it was too like being like hey dad you need lexapro it's like are you a doctor it's mm -hmm. more like could you go talk to someone and maybe see you know and that's and those are the levels of it those are the layers of it by the way speaking of dads who do have their shit together naomi oh, oh baby who's our guest today our guest is the hysterical kind oh wonderful truly wonderful truly Rory Scovel, honey. Rory is a writer. He's an actor. He's a stand-up. He's a podcaster. Maybe you've seen him on the show Physical on Apple TV+. Plus, or maybe you've seen his show Robbie on Comedy Central. That's or great. maybe you've heard his podcast, Pen Pals, 
with Daniel Van Kirk. Former guest. Former guest. Friends, truly friends. Truly friends. And if you like advice and people writing in, definitely Pen Pals Pod would do that for you. You were on an episode. I was indeed. And he's simply amazing. So yeah. I think it's really time um, to just kick back, live our life, have whatever that rum drink was <laughs> the caller mentioned, and listen to Rory. Roll it. Can I ask you a question? On a scale of 1 to 10, what level of nervous are you when you have to watch someone sing the national anthem mm. at like a sporting event or whatever occasion? Because I feel like it's such an easy song to get wrong. Mm-hmm. And then people yell at you like you hate the country. <laughs> Even though you've offered your beautiful vocal cords. <laughs> it's a hard one, though. It's a hard I, one. And I yeah. will say the problem is, when you get it wrong, whether you are just playing for like a little league in Peoria, or it's like the That's World right. Series, you will go viral. Like someone yeah. has recorded it, they're going to put you out there and be like, look at this dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. And that's what sucks about yeah, it. Yeah, and that's your life. And then that becomes your entire identity. How many videos right now do you think on YouTube are titled, look at that dumb bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Billions and millions. I mean, have you guys ever heard the Glenn Close national anthem? And she no. like cannot hit that last note, honey, and it hurts. Because oh, it's like, no. Glenn, honey, you can do so much. Did they call Why her Glenn she, close enough? Does she even <laughs> oh. have a voice? <laughs> does no. she have a voice? Yeah. Not really. Like it was just very like fine, fine, fine. And you can kind of like sometimes in some parts talk it. Yeah. It, it, it really it got caught. It got yeah. caught in a way that was really sad but you know what yeah. glenn, glenn can take it she can take yeah. it, she can I take it. You, that's what i think of when i think of glenn close i don't think of any of her t- movies i think of that vo- vocal crack yeah the national anthem when i see someone with an unimpressive voice sing the national anthem and i'm just like well you can't really make fun of them like what what would i bring to the table <laughs> <laughs> well it makes me want to enlist when i hear yeah, whitney houston's star spangled banner i'm like i will enlist i will fight <laughs> yeah, for god go and fight. country yeah because she's so good but that's not what this is about okay this show is not <laughs> no, about no 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 this, this exactly we have we have totally turned the tide on our political alignment we are here to recruit people into the u.s military rory that's what times brought are you different. here today times are different times are different mm-hmm. um you were saying though before we started about how you've gotten into painting now and like, yes. you go in the garage you take your time and you just get into some painting yeah i'm very curious as to what is your medium of choice and what's your subject matter of choice love that i am uh abstract i love Mm -hmm. doing the abstract Mm -hmm. because i don't know that i can do anything else (laughs) you know what i mean and i i i think there's a lot of people that could be good at painting or really enjoy it but because they sit down to go oh i'm gonna paint a person or a landscape and because they can't actually do that, they think they can't do art because mm-hmm. they don't just try with something abstract, even though abstract is very difficult as well. But because it's abstract, you might actually walk away liking it, knowing that oh, I just mm. smeared some stuff here and there, and then I did this, and I kind of like how it looks. So I'm doing abstract stuff because I, I, for that very reason. 
but I'm trying to learn it. I'm trying to learn from the mistakes, and I use acrylic. Yes, I just discovered. I put tape down. I try to get really clean lines. Clean lines, uh huh. With the tape, but I got to say, on a wood canvas, mm-hmm. matted, pre-stretched, or are you stretching it yourself? Well, no, well, no just actual wood. No, no. Oh, you're just putting straight up in the wood. Okay. Yeah, just wood, and then uh, 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 matted acrylic with mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. tape, and oh my god, it is so satisfying. It's so much fun. Do you have any kind of artistic background? So I did. I don't think so. I did enjoy <laughs> art. You know, the way we all took art in school and you you know, you're you're a kid and you're in art class and then at some point like in high school or or just after or somewhere in there it just starts to get labeled as like, well that's what kids do and now it's time for you to go and do what adults do and and take classes that, you know, are geared <laughs> towards whatever job you add up like, numbers yeah. and cry you, exactly. like you would do a drone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it's kind of sad because I think, I actually think every single person is an artist and capable of actually making good personal art. I think they are capable of it, um, but we sort of live in a society that pushes away from it. So I And I fell into that. I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at art, but then I play sports and I don't know, I don't really want to sit and learn art and I'm bored with it and blah, blah, blah. And, then for some reason, I just kind of got back into it, painting. I think maybe with my daughter kind of was this excuse to get to start over with art and like finger painting and all this stuff that's so therapeutic and fun to do and lets this thing out of you. And so I just started, I think, because of her. And now I'm full on just addicted. I'm Every night I'm trying to go and paint and work on stuff. I love it. Is it just meditation or are you actually like trying to become better i am it's kind of both i am trying to become better but i also am trying to eliminate the thought process eliminate the second guessing eliminate the fear that maybe this is not the color or the shape or the line or the spot on the canvas all of that is so hard to get over but what i've learned through the painting is like oh that's also like life you know like when you have a blank canvas you're sort of afraid to start because you think it's going to be the wrong choice. I mean, you know, the three of us, I'm sure, have so many friends in our lives who have told us, oh, I'm going to start stand up. I just, I need to write a few things first. And you don't know how to tell them that that makes no sense at all because <laughs> you just have to go up there and talk anyways. Whatever you're going to write is not going <laughs> to, it won't matter. You just have yeah. to go talk. And I think painting is a little bit like that. It's like just starting and not thinking that whatever choice you've made is the painting. It's, mm-hmm. It has so far to go before it's done. So I think it's meditative. Now I have a cue, you know, because you mentioned your daughter. And one of the things I like to do when we have a guest on this podcast who we like so, like know-ish is I love mm-hmm. to tell people what I think of them. <laughs> and then they have Good. to kind of like, you know, either correct me or justify, whatever. Yes. And so that's like how I kind of start conversations. A little combative maybe, but that's <laughs> my like style. It. I like it. And so you do, you have a daughter and I will say that has always surprised me about you. Yeah. Because on stage you are a goofy good time guy, <laughs> and then might... and you also don't talk about well. Really... You're, you are what we call on this show a bit boy, B I T B O I. Yep, not yeah. gender specific. Anyone yeah. can be a bit boy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You love a bit. <laughs> love you're a goofing, bit. and like you also don't really talk about you know your your uh, daughter at least on stage. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, so it's not like I had some. You don't talk about like. I'm a dad, and isn't this wild? And we yeah, do yeah. this. So then, when you said it off stage, and I'm just thinking to myself, 
what is happening? And then who is this person <laughs> you're married to? Yeah. Who, you know, had your child. Also, I thought you were very young. When I first met you, I was convinced you were like 26. Oh, I love that. And I was like, I was like, okay, because you just had an energy to you. You have an energy to you that says, I've got the whole world in front of me. I got my whole life ahead of me. That's called delusion. <laughs> Still delusional. So I thought for some reason, and then I was like, oh, well, then maybe he has a kid because he's really into Jesus, which is what I always assume when anyone has a child young is they're religious. Like, anyone right. who's from the South who has a child I'm young? from the South, yeah. Yeah, but also the Midwest. Yeah. And also the coasts. If you have a kid young, I just assume it's because <laughs> you believe that God yeah. has planned that for you. God told you to. Yeah. yeah but that's not true. Did well, God no, tell here's, you? Let me wait. Hold on. <laughs> I think it splits off like this. If you're from the coast and you have a child young, it's because your family has money. Okay. If you're from the Midwest <laughs> oh, or the South and you have a child young, it's because of religion. Interesting. Yeah, because you kind of think that's what you're supposed to do. It is very much like, you know, in your early 20s to mid 20s get married, start on the path of the job that will be the 30-year venture, ha mm -hmm. get a house, have a kid. I think it's changing a little bit down in the South uh, just because society alone and also you know, people's financial situations is now so wildly different than what it once was when someone could actually settle down in their right. early 20s. Right. Now, you can't have a no job for 30 can. years now. Absolutely <laughs> no. not. You freelance no. until you're 57. And yeah. then hopefully you get uh, some health care. You can barely yeah. have a job and for any 30 kids, minutes. Yeah. Any kids Maybe. in that time frame are just strictly accidental. There's no... <laughs> we didn't plan that. Yeah. But it is... Yeah, it's changing a little bit. But yeah, I, I have some jokes uh, about the two of them. Um, but I think I... They don't really exist in this very real space for me of like, hey, this is a this is a thing that happened. So every now and then I have a story that that kind of presents itself to me, and I go, oh, that could be a a thing. But I I think that my awareness of like spotting jokes for some reason just lives in this intensely fictional <laughs> space where maybe I take something that's real, but then I just completely change it and knowing that the way that I like to perform it you know I my expectation is that no one would ever believe it anyways but I kind of <laughs> like how hard can I sell this thing that I think is so obviously fictional and try to sell it like people are like oh yeah no I think it's I think that's a true story <laughs> that he just told um but yeah I love that you thought I was 26 that feels so good but is it sort of like you have two separate sides of you in that like it's like a different when you're home when you're in like family mode is different than you in, obviously, as actor, as comedian. And I know that sounds a little obvious, but, like, for instance, I don't have that. Like, how right. I am on stage is how I am at home, which is why yeah. Andrew is so tired. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. He's just asleep during this entire podcast. <laughs> Wake what? him what? up. Wait, wait, I, heard my name. I heard my <laughs> name. Um, I heard my name. I think uh, I, that's one of the things that I truly love and admire about watching you on stage is that knowing that what I'm getting is is genuine and real. Not that not that when people and we know them, we know plenty of comics who go on stage and they put on a thing mm -hmm. and it's fine and good and sometimes it's exaggerated, sure. We all exaggerate mm -hmm. sort of that personality. But when someone truly is not like that at yeah. all, I don't tend to, and it's not by choice, it's an instinct, I'm, I'm not attracted to what they're talking about or how yeah. they're talking about it. 
Whereas someone who I think is being honest about who they are, even if I hated their jokes, I'm more <laughs> attracted to what they're doing naturally and organically because it just comes from like a place of of who they are. That's what, that that's what I love about your stuff is that you didn't just go, well, this is a good joke. You're like, no, this happened, and mm-hmm. the the emotion and the the volume that I might go up and down with is because that's how I felt yes, absolutely. and Thank feel you. about the thing. And so yes. because of it, even though it didn't happen to me, I can listen and laugh and going, I am right there with her, even though I don't know what she's talking about. I know exactly <laughs> what she's talking about. And I, and I almost feel like it happened to me. Um, but I would throw you in that category too, because you are a goof. You're just like, what I like about you is that you are a goof on stage and you're a goof in real life, but you are not... I mean, from the couple times we've talked. So. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're not like, but uh, uh, you're not just constant bits. Like, you have an emotional core, and you're not right, you're afraid a to like, talk like a normal <laughs> human being. Versus, yeah. I think what the, 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 the kind of stand-up that is really turns me off is the sociopath who puts on, who's like, like, there's they're dead inside in real life <laughs> there's just a void yeah, i know and I they know. cover they cover the they walk on stage and as they're walking on stage they're like zipping up their human suit yeah and then they're like hey yeah and you're like oh okay okay and they're and, just and like, a rainbow of colors and you're like where was that yep. literally yep. right before your name was called exactly exactly yeah. you seem like someone forced you to be here and yeah. then suddenly it's like yeah yeah, it's so wild. Someone just dumped a Skittles rainstorm on top of your head, and you're just the happiest person. Um, I, I I think that uh, uh, for for me, like I am like that at home. I and I try to be um, as absurd <laughs> as I can be on stage, and the silliness and and the voices I go into. It's all I I, I am like that off stage as well. I just also. You know, there's also that that ability to read the room with your family and friends <laughs> and strangers, um, also. So I, yeah, I, I and I try to be that way just for my daughter to see, like, hey, be silly. Don't, you know, soon enough you're gonna get fall into that middle school, high school thing where it's like, hey, put the silly away and really care about what people think. And there's no way around it. We all go through it. But just if you have a concrete foundation of who you are before you get to middle school and before mm-hmm. you go through that adolescence. You know, maybe when you get to 22, you can go, oh, yeah, I remember I used to be silly and get, you know, I'm happy. I I used to be happy and like let these emotions out and let the, you know, blurt out the dumbest thing and do stupid stuff and have fun. I, I, I think I try to say, hey, look, this is how I am, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know it's in your DNA, so don't be afraid <laughs> to let this out and don't go, don't get too wrapped up in what, what people, you know, think yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The metaphorical in my mind as you were talking, I was imagining like this big hulking guy with a baseball bat walking around high schools and anytime he saw anyone smiling, yeah. he like yeah. he like taps the baseball bat against yeah. his other hand and yeah. looks at them menacingly. Yeah. That's what in my mind, that's what like those years are like before you can hopefully rediscover the joy of existing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're trying to fit in so bad and like not almost like you it's so interesting because it's like you want people to like you while at the same time you do not want to be noticed at all. Yes. Right? Like you're like, I don't want to ruffle feathers, I don't want to make waves, I don't want anyone staring at me. Yeah. But I also would love it if you all loved me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's I think that's there's some wiring in our brains because I'm like that after shows. Like I don't really want to talk to people I don't know. I want to be mm-hmm. in the green room with comics, and I don't even it doesn't even have to be like comics I know or like people I necessarily know. I just look at it like, well, we're all in the headquarters back here, so we can be we can be who we are. Also, to me, it's like athletes that stretch and warm up before a game. That green room is that is that's what that is. I mean, it's like if the comics are all joking and having fun, you're like, oh, this is getting me geared up for mm-hmm. going on stage. I think that's why it's fun to, you know, I used to be in that headspace of I don't want to follow someone really good <laughs> because mm-hmm. then you have to find out you either can't keep the beach ball in the air or you have to find out you're not as good or you're not good. <laughs> I used to look at it that way. You know, there's so yeah. much ego and and jealousy involved in it, but now like going up after someone who's really good it's like if you really watch their set it's so like inspired whatever they're doing you go oh yeah instead of going well how's the audience reacting it's like spotting the fun that they're that they're having in Mm -hmm. that moment and i think back to when we did largo and you guys were on stage and when you were up there and just going at like i remember you went out and you just pressed the accelerator you just went well, I was, I, was like, I was in a jumpsuit. I was in a jumpsuit. And that says all bets are off. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for noticing. But, but going out and just hitting that gas and going, I'm going to go, you, it's, a, it's so great because then you go, oh, yeah, do that. Don't, don't go out and go, I hope they like me. Go out and go, I don't give a fuck about you. I'm here to talk. <laughs> and anyone who doesn't laugh, it's because you don't get it. <laughs> Well, I think that's the death knell of all art is going out there with, I hope they like me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like whatever you're doing or anything. I think like walking into any situation, whether it, whether you are like doing stand up or making a painting or, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, walking into uh, your office with, I hope they like me energy. <laughs> I hope they like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, even for pitching stuff, energy. you go to pitch a show or a movie idea or script or whatever, and if you walk in there with like, so if you guys are into this, it's like, well, then you they already are like, ah, eh, no. Yeah. But if you go yeah. in there and you're like, you guys are idiots, and this is why right. I'm brilliant, they're like, right. oh my God. <laughs> I ended a pitch recently, and as well, we have been pitching it a long time, like many times, right? And I ended it and I go, you're welcome. <laughs> and I just, I was just like so sick of them. Right. I've been doing so much back to back people staring at me over Zoom. And finally, I was like, yes. yes, you have a show here. You're welcome. And, you yeah. know, we they still did not buy it. But yep. I was true to me. And that's yeah. so it's beautiful. Yeah. I've started with two things. One, I started calling this the only comedy podcast. <laughs> this show. Yeah, yep. you have to. It's not, obviously. But, like, I've started saying that. And then the other thing is... Uh, I started calling myself a world class writer. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a good writer. I'm I'm a very good writer. I'm I'm not, but I'm just like, what, who's what, who's gonna fucking debate? Like who's, who's fact checking? Yeah, yeah who's, I think like, I think world class is great because it no one really knows what that lives in. They're like, yeah, <laughs> that does, they're like world class. I don't know what All that right. even. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like, sounds right. But he's not saying international. He's just <laughs> world. He's just classy. He's classy mm-hmm. globally. <laughs> Um, galactically renowned writer. Galactic. Okay, yeah, that like has a little that. Ron Hubbard energy to it. I don't know about that. But okay, though we're, you mentioned jealousy, you mentioned ego, you know, and that is just really quickly before we answer people's relationship questions, before we help yep. them handle their scandal, you know, would you say, you know, you're an emotionally open person? Were you someone who would like have a lot of relationships and get in, have crushes easily and be like, here is my heart? 
or were you like, meh, 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 meh. maybe you'll break down a wall? You know that. Kind you know, of vibe? I, I, I did not have a lot of relationships, um, but I, cr- I crushes very easily, um, and it also exists in that world of like that that. I don't even think it's just a comedian's brain. I think we just figured out what to do with it. But that, like, I need attention and I want you to like me. A lot of people label that as like, eh, that's why you're a comedian. It's like, there's a lot, there's a higher <laughs> percentage of people. We just figured out how to make money off of this sort of, uh, this sort of weakness and strength in a way. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was like that. I would say in all of those relationships, including my marriage now, I've been with my wife We've been married since 2013, and we've been together since 2005. I feel like I am still in a beginner's course of how to fully open up uh, emotionally. Really? And and sometimes I do it, and I get really proud of myself, but I won't won't lie. It is very difficult to do, and I I couldn't say what that block in my brain is because Mm -hmm. my dad was not a... We're men. He wasn't like that. My dad was, you know, uh, th- there was no machismo about him at all. And so I don't, I don't know what it is in my mind to to have this block of not wanting to just openly share these emotions. But I will say I do work on it because I don't want that passed on to my daughter as an example. I want to be like, hey, whatever you're feeling let it out because it doesn't go anywhere good <laughs> you can't store it away it molds quickly so get get it out of your brain um but i i work on it. i try to 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 work on it was there ever was there like a dividing line in your life like for me i was like a bit boy i mean i still am but like i was a bit boy solidly never going to show any kind of emotion and then like i moved to new york to start doing comedy and i noticed that like that doesn't um even if you're doing like goofy stuff, being emotionally closed off does not help there. And I noticed that like just like my like, personal relationships weren't the best they could be. Like, especially like working with like a writing partner and stuff like that. And then Naomi's like, get into therapy. And I'm like, nah. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then two years later, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've put it off a lot, the therapy thing. I've gone in and out of it. And it's funny, I go in and out of it knowing how beneficial and great it really is and how great I felt doing it. And then as soon as I hit a wall, I'm like, never mind, I got this. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if there was like a hard divide line. I think it's been a slow fade of, of learning the importance of all those things. I, I, I don't know if I'm on, you know, I guess it's personal to everybody. I don't know if I'm on schedule or behind <laughs> schedule, but at 41, I feel like that I'm in this constant space of finally uh, opening up my, myself to where I I look at someone's situation, I'm like, well, why am I so angry? Maybe they, you know, something as simple as, well, I don't know what is going on in their life, so maybe I could be a little more compassionate. Something that I feel like I'm late to the game on, but then at the same (laughs) time, very proud that I'm starting to recognize these reactions that I have to these things to try to just be more, I I don't know if it's maturity or or Mm -hmm. wiser. I don't really know what it is, but I do like that I'm going through what I would think was is a more peaceful positive change you know i think i think we do live in a time that if you're willing to open your eyes you can start to see what the world is and you can start to learn as i maybe should have earlier but 
to do it at all feels great. Uh, the fact that everyone's life is so wildly different than yours because you can only see through your own lens. I'm one of those people that for so long has been like, yeah, but we've all had these opportunities. And to come to a place of going, oh, that's not that's not true. And there's this pride in me of going, well, I'm happy I've finally opened my ears and finally opened my eyes and finally opened my mind to understand how the world works to then feel like maybe you can do something about it or offer something towards it. And I mean that on a uh, uh, societal level, and I mean just on someone you get into an argument with on the road (laughs) 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 to just go, ah, maybe that person is no different than me in their moment Mm -mm. of road rage kind of thing. No, no, they are very different. I'm a better person. I'm a better person than anyone who's fucking around on the streets of Los Angeles. So funny because you know we were in New York and didn't drive before we moved here. I right. mean, certainly I don't still. But Andy, he was. I saw a darkness in him <laughs> that I had never seen. Yeah. And when he started driving, and I and at one point I was like, I need you to stop because it's like yeah. stressing me out. Yeah, I feel it, and I, I already know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, had I no have idea. that. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, uh, so you said you uh, met your wife in 2005. Yeah. How did you guys meet? So we were both doing improv at Washington Improv Theater. She was in a group, and I was in a group, and uh, I liked her group a lot more than than mine. They were more. They were a smaller group. They were doing long form. They were more social after. They had a better theater space, so I would go watch <laughs> their shows. I went to watch their shows just because uh, I wanted to see them, and then that's where I saw her in the group, and, and I was friends with some people in the group, so I would start going out to the bar with them after the shows because I loved that they had a social element to their 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 improv team as opposed to what mine had, which wasn't wasn't like that at all. And uh, just in the course of doing that, I started to develop this crush, and I thought she was dating one of the guys in her group, and then then randomly I brought that up to one of the guys in the group, and they was like, "Oh no, they're just friends. She's not dating anybody." And I was like, "Here we go." <laughs> Time to pounce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And then you, you know, she doesn't do uh, comedy anymore. And then you went ahead and did it. You know, she was poor poor lady. I'm not going to lie. I do feel (laughs) for all of the, the, the boyfriends, the girlfriends, the spouses, the anybody who is uh, emotionally and romantically involved with a comedian. God bless your (laughs) soul. Truly. God bless. You have a level of patience that I will never, ever even slightly dip my toe into. I don't even know what that is. Um, But yeah, she, she, she was a stage, uh, like stage acting and she's an Mm. actor. Um, and I was doing improv, mainly doing stand up. She was doing improv, mainly acting. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to New York after that. And uh, she was doing a lot of stage production. She was with the Bushwick uh, all female Shakespeare group. Uh-huh. They did a bunch of shows that were great. And then we moved to LA. The theater thing's just harder to yeah. get into. But she's done some acting and commercials and some shows and stuff. Yeah. But still, though, she out here, she holding it down. Okay. She's holding it down. She's she holding it is down. why your daughter knows how to read. You yes. see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what yeah. we have to, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. That is the truth. <laughs> All of that is true. It is funny. That's Naomi and I met at UCB doing improv. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And then quickly stopped. 
doing improv, then, really, yeah. right? Like, you kept at it a couple more years. But basically... Look, I can yes and with the best of them. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Look, look. What, you don't find that attractive? <laughs> that boast? Oh, you, you don't, don't find my arrogance attractive? <laughs> Oh, you don't find my improv arrogance. Yeah, you don't find my. You don't find my. <laughs> yeah, improv. Yeah. Oh, like Del Close oh, I, I do long form. <laughs> oh, I do uh, long form. Oh. Look, I can do third beats like nobody oh, else. Yeah, sick. Okay, I think we have to take a break because we're going <laughs> off God, the rails. Getting into it. No, please. <laughs> we're getting into a dark place. Oh, no, we have to clear their ears. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to answer your advice questions. We'll be back after this. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. with Rory Scoville here to help you handle your scandal. Now, yeah. Rory, these yeah. people, our dear listeners, our dear friends, they come to us, all right? I mean, well, you know, you have a podcast called Pen Pals. People reach out to you. That's right. You know, and you and DVK are out here trying to help them out. Yeah. We, our listeners are sensitive. Our listeners are gentle indoor kids. That's what I like to think. Yeah. And they can, they send us DMs, Instagram, Twitter, Gmail. They also give us a ring. They gave us a ring, okay? And you guys, I love when you call. The number is 323-524-7839 because it lets me hear where you're at emotionally. I've got a mix of ones here today, and we're going to start with a voicemail. Here we go. Oh, nice. Hi, Andy and Naomi. My name is Mara. I'm, I'm a bit boy. <laughs> I'm just realizing that after listening to many of your episodes. <laughs> this is the first time I've said it out loud. I'm a bit boy, and I, I don't I, I don't even know what my question really is, other than, uh, am I stuck this way forever? Will I ever have meaningful relationships? I'm only 26. Tell me I can grow out of this. And uh, 
do you have any specific tips on how to just, um, uh, I don't even know, have a real conversation? I'm, I don't even know how to ask this question because I am really fighting the urge to do a bit. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Yep. Thanks, guys. Oh, my God, that's I didn't even realize that was the first question when I mentioned you being a bit boy. So I was like, what? I did not realize that. And and also that she and I are both 26 is kind of a cool, kind of super cool. Yeah, I could get, I mean, I don't know how you guys open it up. I mean, I have thoughts. Well, we love, please, your guests, you got any hot tips? I Here's my hot tip. I do think, first off, I don't think you can ever not be uh, a bit boy. And I think that's more of a positive than a negative because I think doing bits is the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) And it's so fun. And it's almost like you have a free drug built into your brain to help make you happy. But there, with that comes an awareness of that everyone is not a bit boy, <laughs> and uh, that's important. Sure. That's an important thing. So <laughs> I, I think when you said, "Can I ever have meaningful conversations?" I think there is a, a solution, and it's a tough one that you have to work on. I'm in the middle of working on it for sure, but it, it, it's just listening, and it's not hmm. wanting to say what you're thinking. <laughs> it's truly listening so that you can react to uh, what someone is telling you, and then you will find that you have uh, meaningful relationships. Side note, I think a lot of bit boys, a common thing is probably ADHD. I'm willing to bet that's a common thread amongst many, yeah. <laughs> many people labeled as bit boys. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, I feel like you were also... It took us a while, like early on, because Andy would have a joke or something in his head, and he has to get it out. Like, yes. it has to be said, right? Yes. And it'll just be times where it's like, no. I'll just be like, <laughs> I don't want to support it right now. Like, I'll just be really <laughs> like, way. stop, you know? Yeah. And it was like, and we had to literally work on, like, and then for a long time, you know what he would do? And you, I guess you don't do it as much anymore. He would have his notebook with him and he would write stuff down because he was yeah. like, okay, I well, can't interrupt the conversation. <laughs> what I do now is I have a draft uh, Gmail on my phone uh-huh. you have a draft write, email that I write the stuff in. Yeah. Because, well, this is the difference I think for me was that like my brain and I don't, I don't think I have ADHD, but my brain would get. Uh, and trained on a thing like someone would say something and my brain would like flip the the word the letters around and then i would just keep playing with the letters in the person's <laughs> name over and over until like i yes. figured out the anagram or whatever and yes. i'm like oh that's fun and then i missed most of the conversation <laughs> and i just or just like a pun or something yeah, or like, like a to d like someone will say something that makes you think of this other thing yes and then you're like this dots. thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I so that's, that's yeah, Sorry, I think that on, connecting Murray. the dots. I think it's that's that's a part of it. Like you can't not uh, connect the dots. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to. Uh, I mean, I I think you know talking specifically about you, but Naomi, I bet you also. Someone says something, you quickly connect the dots. But <laughs> your superpower is probably like, yeah, but I can also pay attention and I listen keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, I, can, uh-huh. I can I can set that in a draft folder in my mind. 
Whereas I could never in a million years. Actually, the only time I've ever been able to use a draft folder in my mind is on mushrooms when I thought of bits. Afterwards, I was able to go right back and work on those five ideas and remember exactly what they were. But sober or, you know, high, smoking a joint, zero chance of that ever happening. (laughs) Okay, so what if one of the pieces of advice are try microdosing shrooms? Yes. Okay, that's a good tip. I don't know. I've never done any psychedelics. (laughs) I don't know, but maybe that would work. I think um, that's, that's a good tip. So, okay, so you could externalize the stuff, so you're talking the conversation, but even to go write something down, or even, like, if you, like, pull out your phone in the yeah, middle yeah, of a conversation yeah. is rude. Well, maybe yeah. not. It can maybe be, that's depending my, on who you're talking to. Maybe that's just my generation. Uh, yeah. We are boomers. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is exactly what you said, is listening. It's, like, you're just, like, you have to, like, work on, and this is a thing I do in, in therapy all the time. It's about... In the moment, rec- so you have to like recognize. There's like a, it's, it's a two step process. You recognize a thing is happening in the moment, like you're yeah. about to, like someone says something and it like pings something in your brain, and you're just like gonna make a, a word salad out of it because <laughs> that's because you're bored. Also, like I think some bit like doing bits is because you're bored. Like someone's yeah. having a conversation, and they're like. Like, oh, there's a lot of smog out there today. And you're like, I don't give a fuck. I can see that there's smog out there today. I don't need you to vocalize this to me. (laughs) So, like, let's, you know, if you're not going to say anything more interesting, like, fucking keep it walking, pal. Yeah. (laughs) Keep it moving. Keep it walking. Keep it walking. walking. (laughs) Keep it walking. Uh, And it's in those moments to, like, suppress, like, recognize that you're about to, like, do a bit or do something, suppress that feeling, and then be like, Oh yeah, I hope the air quality like be present because it's all about being present. I think part of it, like if you're, yes. if 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 you're doing a bit and you're doing a bit with other people, like my friend Josh and I, it's yeah, like we can have a normal con- now that we're adults, we can have normal conversations. But a lot of our relationship is based yes. on bits. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Going back to like childhood, I, I can't that. be around them when they're together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There was one. I'm gonna tell it. I'm sure that the listeners have heard this, but there was one day we're at Andy's parents' house. Um, and you know, this is probably about five years ago, whatever, you know, we're all grown and Andy's parents had just gotten an Alexa and we all sit there and then Andy and Josh proceed to spend hours just asking Alexa (laughs) to play different songs yeah, just to see what Alexa knew. And like 20 minutes in, and I never thought I would be this way. I felt like I was wife in a sitcom because I was like, I'm going to bed. She was lotioning her arms. I was like, I have to lotion my hands and go to bed because I was like, and like interesting it kept being funny to them. Like they were literally just like dying and it was like, oh, remember this song from 1991? So they were like having this memory lane moment. I was just like, how is this still funny? I I have to go. It was, I I can't explain it. But that was your, but that's your love language together. But what did you do to get on the other side? Because it wasn't, it was noticing in the, so it's that noticing in the moment, suppressing and specifically being in the moment, being present. And if you do that enough, if you practice that enough, you will be present with people as opposed yeah. to like if someone says something and you're just like, oh, I got to think of a joke for this. You're like, no. And then honestly, if you're in the moment, you're going to be a fun. Like if you do want to do bits with someone or you want to be uh, or you're a funny person, you will be funny anyway because you're yeah. in the moment with them as yes. opposed to like thinking about like, oh, what's the punchline for this thing? Yeah. And yeah. which it'll always be shittier than whatever you <laughs> whatever you do naturally in the moment. How yeah. you react naturally. I, I will say if you, you know, um, Mara, I think was her name Mara. Yeah. I think uh, if you are 
I don't know if you're a comedian or not, but let's say that you are. Let's say say this is specifically for comedians, but I think other people could use this as well. I think sometimes people forget that comedians, it is also art, and we are also artists. And so in the moment, if someone has said something that triggers something for you to write it down, I think that for me, it's, hey, I'm not trying to be rude. I I have to write this down really quick because this is also how I make money. But mm-hmm. also, and I think, and this is not bullshit, but also, this is how I actually make people feel better. It is truly mm-hmm. is, you yeah. know, someone sees you do 10 minutes and that, you know, let's say you just crush. That gives people something that we don't actually understand. We know we're giving it to them and we know we've had it, but we don't ever really truly get it from our ourselves other than a great ego boost. And we're like, fuck, <laughs> I am great. And that also does feel good. But mm-hmm. to step away and go, hey, I just have to jot this down real quick. There's a couple things that I think are, that should be passable about that. And mm-hmm. the fact that you go, this is how I buy groceries, slash, <laughs> this is how some people feel better about their day. And I just got to write this down. Um, and I, I think doing that kind of, you know, if you're doing it all the time, then someone's like, "Hey, dude, quit coming out and go to the fucking library or wherever <laughs> you gotta you go. Go journal. sit and write your goddamn hour." But you know, <laughs> but when something pops up, you know, I do that. I'll I'll say, "Hey, I just got to put this in my phone, uh, real quick," and and I, I think that's important. But I I will say, for Bit Boys out there, to all of them in the world, uh, the learning how to settle down and really listen to people. You will feel better about those conversations and feel like they were more meaningful because I guarantee all of the bit boys, <laughs> not all of them, but a lot of them have said to themselves more than the meanest bully in the world, <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, get over yourself. I have said I have said that to myself more times than the meanest person has ever said the meanest thing to to mm. me <laughs> you know yeah. I, I, yep. I'm constantly going oh I didn't pay attention to what my wife just said I wonder if I can ever set myself aside to maybe fucking pay attention <laughs> and then I'm mad at myself I, I think when I do that and I actively do it I actually feel better. I'm like, mm. I had a more meaningful conversation. I've spent enough time with me. Right, <laughs> I've right. talked to me enough. <laughs> I also think off of what you guys are saying, it's like really listening, but then also, this is very silly, so don't you don't have to do what I'm saying, but a version of it. Like, replace every other bit with a question. That's great. <laughs> no, that's a great, that's great. That's that was true. what I was going to say next. Was like, yeah. was like, if if you are bored in a conversation where someone's like, oh, the smog's real thick today, have a come up with your own meaningful things to ask people yeah asking people lots of questions as right. opposed to like sitting there and is uh and like coming up with jokes is a good way to be present yeah. yes i think aren't you always good. jealous of people who are great at just engaging with like strangers i'm always just like how do you fucking do that and they might be like <laughs> you get on stage in front of however many people and i'm like yeah it's not the same i'm expected to like right. engage and i control the entire engagement <laughs> yeah but yeah, someone yeah, yeah, in yeah. public like for instance i'm a man it's really smoggy today i i'm in that same space of like well i can small talk as well i i also hate the uncomfortable space not that i necessarily want to but i've had friends who in that moment would go oh what is it about the smog that like you know where did you grow up and, and i'm like god that's so much you're a better way better journalist than i am. <laughs> 
<laughs> I would have just been like, yeah, it's like crazy bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's okay. Some of your friends are probing too deeply, okay? I'm going to tell them right now. That's a stranger. A you need to keep it pushing. You need to put, yeah. keep it pushing. Yeah, I wouldn't do that with a stranger, but definitely walking. at a party, I would yes. push. I, I do push deeper at a party now. Yeah. And that was a thing. I, th- I said this on the show before, I think, so I won't uh, belabor it too much, but like, in the back at UCB, in the back corner where all the performers would stand, people yeah. would just be like asking like dumb shit, like, uh, "What are you working on?" And this is like before any of us had any kind of careers whatsoever. So it's just right. like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. I don't give a shit about asking that question now that people have careers. <laughs> I certainly right. didn't give a shit back in like 2012, yeah. and I got an I got so annoyed at that question, I started asking people deeper things. And so, like they would ask that, and I'd be like, "Oh, I don't know. How are you feeling?" Like I would be like, "Well, what's going on in your?" Oh, that was the question. Oh, uh, what's going on in your heart? I would go like <laughs> right to that thing. Yeah. At, at right now, and I found that like I had deeper, more interesting conversations by pushing. And that maybe that's a dumb question, but like no. something along those lines. But I then also it. though, I, what I like about it because it can be, it also the person's reaction if someone's like, "Huh." Mm-hmm. You know who they are right away, and it's like yeah. you okay. You born by <laughs> like me. I love. There's nothing I love more than being at a party and getting a life story. We were at like we were like Kevin Avery, comedian Kevin Avery. He had like a holiday party a few years ago, and we we're talking to some woman, and we just found out she was like, "I'm divorcing my husband, but we are living together in the same place until this happens." Like we got into honey. I didn't leave her side. Of I course, said, let's get yeah. a drink, got comfortable on the couch. I said, tell it to me, sis. That's like what I like. I yeah. like getting you all the info. Yeah. And so w- way more than just like, so what are you working on? Like it was one of my favorite. Karen Kilgariff has this song. And it, one of the lyrics is like, if one more person asked me what I've been working on lately, I don't think I'll ever stop crying. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, that's yeah, it. Right. People just ask you what you're doing. And it's just like, why? Why? Yeah. Let's talk about our heart, especially after COVID. I think this is another thing too, Mara. Yeah. We, I think now you can really start fresh because I think we're all kind of, we've all been, first of all, we're all trauma bonded. We've all <laughs> struggled. And yeah. I think we're also, I think people are a little more open to the real and friendships and connection after yeah, yeah, yeah. the two years we've had. So I think I, you can I, do it. I think that's true. Yeah. I, I agree with that as well. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I think all that stuff. I mean, I told someone the other day, like, my perfect night is, like, around a fire, and everyone's got their cocktail of choice, like an old-fashioned, and you've got a joint that's just yours, and someone <laughs> and someone just kicks it off by going, what do you think happens when you die? And I would be like, here we go! <laughs> We're in it! We're in it now! <laughs> oh, God. That sounds like my mind at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. What do you think happens? What do you do? Oh, God. All right. What's Let's this next one, this Andy? One. Well, this was, uh, uh, I've been saving this one for someone with children. So, okay. It's actually pretty serious. Perfect. So, oh, okay. Rory, we got to put that out there. Okay. Good. But I also have like a, a, a very short, uh, non serious one. After. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you're going to sandwich the, it. Yeah. As the closer. <laughs> Good. Uh, So this comes to us anonymous from an Instagram direct message. Hi, Naomi and Andy. I know you prefer voicemails, but I have wee ones around, and I'm not 100% convinced I won't start crying. So here we go. My partner and I recently moved into a new neighborhood with our kiddos, and it has been so idyllic. There are several families on the street with kids, our kids' ages, so the street has been a constant bike riding, rollerblading, Pokemon trading party for the past two months. We love it. In addition... 
The lovely kids, in addition to the lovely kids, we absolutely adore the parents, a rare treat, because I've had multiple experiences of the kids getting along, but the parents not, and vice versa. There is one mom who has an absolute heart of gold. She feels like a soul friend, one that clicked instantly, and the friendship feels effortless. She and her partner recently married, both a second marriage for them, and they share also share custody of their kids from their previous marriages. So it's a fun flow of truly adorable, wonderful kiddos in their house. Okay, this is sounding good so far. So good. Our kids get along perfectly, and our husbands even were starting to hang out regularly. It felt wonderful and perfect, especially with the past year of isolation and how difficult it can be to make adult friends. I'm so scared of the drop I that's know, coming. I know. <laughs> You're just lifting it so I high, know. the further we're going to fall. I yeah. Know. yeah, here's where we grit our teeth. Fast forward to a few nights ago, we were hanging out at her house and I observed her partner was being uncharacteristically disparaging. She had mentioned she previously has had to leave the house because, quote, he gets mean and I don't have to put up with it, Hmm. unquote. Mm. I wondered if he was displaying what he was talking about. My husband called him out on it and he played it off like he was just being funny. Spoiler alert, he wasn't funny. (laughs) I left with the kiddos because I was exhausted and my husband stayed behind. They're just a couple houses down, and I'm an old soul with an early bedtime, so him staying behind wasn't uncommon. Mm -hmm. My husband was alone with her as her husband had gone inside. Suddenly, though, her husband came out and screamed at her to get inside. It was such a sudden shift in the tone of the evening that she and my partner kind of froze. Her husband then grabbed her and started shoving her in the house, screaming at her that she is to go in when he does. Oh, my God. My husband started to intervene, and when her husband got in my husband's face and screamed at him to leave, my husband did, calling me immediately. He got home very quickly and told me what happened. I called my friend. She didn't answer. I texted. She has her phone glued to her always, but no answer. Mm -hmm. We went back to the house, and we could hear him screaming at her. She was also screaming, but it wasn't words. It was in terror, and she was sobbing. My profession is in mental health. And I've worked previously in domestic violence. Fortunately, their kids were all gone for the weekend, but I was terrified he was hurting her. I genuinely felt I had no option but to call the police. My partner and I stayed up most of the night terrified, both of what was happening to her and that he might retaliate. The next day, it was textbook cycle of violence. Her arm was covered in bruises where he grabbed her, but she was going on and on about how he was the best. And he was suddenly doing all the house projects he had refused to do for the weeks prior. He also reached out to my husband and apologized and invited my husband to do all kinds of outings with him. My friend talked to me about how, quote, some nosy neighbor had called the police and minimized the fight entirely. She doesn't know I heard her screams, and if I'm honest, I keep hearing her screams. So my question, what do we do? They live down the street. I am genuinely concerned for her. I know people don't leave until they're ready, and I know there's nothing I can do to force it. I want to be a safe support for her if that time comes. At the same time, I'm not comfortable with my kids being around him. I'm also terrified of him finding out I'm uncomfortable with my kids being around him. Yeah. My husband is not interested in continuing a friendship with him and is attempting a superficial neighbor relationship. But she is already talking to me about doing a Friendsgiving together and wants our family to plan a trip together. How do we navigate this where I can be support for her and also keep our family safe? Sorry for the novel. Truly, just hearing Naomi tell me it's going to be okay would be everything right now. Thank you for the pod. I'm such a busy human, but I always have time for your podcast every week. Sister girl. Sister girl. My sister girl, Angel. (sighs) You're hurting. Okay. And you 
have good instincts, both as just like a person and a mental health professional, it is going to be okay. Okay for your family, certainly, certainly. Mm -hmm. The okay for their family may take longer. I mean, it's hard when somebody lives so close. You know, if they were even just a drive away, you can be like, I'm busy, I'm busy. Right. And just kind of keep that separate. But then be like, but always, because here's what I would also say too. One of the things, because I forgot when we were talking about, oh yeah, remember we we recently did an episode where the person was talking about how their mother, they felt like their father was being abusive towards their mother, like just disparaging her and was like, what do I do? And it was in like, we were talking about how like necessarily at 70 years old, you wouldn't leave your partner. But what you can do is like, for instance, you call up your homegirl and you ask her if she want to go to coffee with you. You ask if she want to go to dinner with you. You'd be like, let's do some around the block walking. Yeah. I would do any to be what you're saying, which is a support for her. Like leave the husbands out. Yes. Leave the husbands out. And even the kids. Honestly, if you purposely leave your husband out. Then it might be like just us girls and the kids. It's, yeah, that's what and I mean. The kiddos. I, I even the kiddos. It can just be tricky. Like yeah. I'm not saying you keep them away, fucking Montague and Capulet style, but I just feel <laughs> like you know if what you need to do is disentangle. Yeah, I think the kids are further entangling. Yeah, because they'll be like, I want to go to my friend's house, and then the question: Well, is the father there? Like you, that just starts the whole thing. It's tough for, I mean, if I'm in that position, I'm definitely not sending my kids up the, I'm not, I, I wouldn't yeah. be like, yeah, totally go inside and play. I would right. be like, no, <laughs> right. yeah. we don't go up there anymore. And at best we're outside all the time. Yeah. Um, and one of us has to be there, but it, uh, it's, it sucks, uh, which I know is such a, <laughs> like, it's so much more than that. But the, the, the thing about it is that negative that negative vibe, that negative energy doesn't change. It You almost have to figure out how it can be eliminated. You live in this neighborhood, you go, everything's great, but yeah. here's this, this awful element to it that changes the dynamic of everything. All the, 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 the bliss is now gone. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the only thing you can do, and, you know, but, this person works in mental health. And they, I'm sure they know this stuff. My assumption is like kind of what you're saying is like one step at a time, which is go have a conversation fully aware that this person is in denial of how bad the situation is. This person is in denial of of the abuse in many ways. I mean, if like, oh, he's great. No, he's great. You know, that sort of denial, you almost have to, figure out a way to open their eyes to that because you know our brains try to protect us so much that that person's Mm -hmm. like oh i don't want you to be right because if my brain can tell me that you're not right then things are fine and then Mm -hmm. that's why every abusive moment is such a surprise and a shock and a terror because you've almost forgotten oh yeah that's right he's a lunatic (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. he's a maniac it's her second marriage, and I wonder if it's just like I have to make yes. this work. If yes. there's people that feel of... that way, people feel that way, but I think it's yeah. never too late. Like this yeah. is why. And again, easier said than done. But I know for me, as somebody who grew up, you know, with a single mom, um, and you know, I came out fab, you know, so like she's she's doing stuff, you know, she was great. 
But I also felt like I learned, for me, it's like so important to have my own money. Like Andy and I do not have a joint account. Like yeah. we share expenses and stuff, but yeah. there's a part of me inside that just feels like I got to be able to go if I need yeah. to go. And he ain't yeah. doing nothing to me, okay? Like it's literally just that. Yeah, please be clear. Yeah. <laughs> please be clear. Nothing is happening, but it is very important for me to never feel like I am dependent on him. Yeah. I'm also really serious about I like to have separate friends because I never want to feel like, you know, because you can feel like you lose everything when you lose one single person. Yeah. And so it's always been the kind of person to me where I, I've always been the kind of person where it's like, you got to have your own thing, even when yeah. you're deep in love. And so, you know, I, but also I was going to say, too, you know, does your, your friend, because you said y'all had a soul connection. This is a soul sister. Yeah. So she also must know what you do for a living. Right. So I think that she knows who you are and like that she can talk to you and come to you. Cause that was already your vibe. If y'all were soul connecting anyway, I just think it's about, you know, as you know, getting her out of the house as much as she can be out and letting her know she can talk to somebody, especially too if you really set it up where it's like, you guys are just friends and it's like, fuck the husbands, no double dates, no whatever. Then she'll also probably be more likely to be honest because I think what can happen is you don't want to talk to somebody about your spouse if you feel like oh well i don't want to ruin their relationship like their yeah. friendship or something because you don't want to like sell your spouse out i guess and i think also when it comes to like the family get-togethers and whatnot can you just kind of blame it on the kids in that like you're like oh we can't do a group thing like the kids are too needy or like you know blame, it ends up being chaotic blame covid you have a built-in excuse with the pandemic for anything at this point not not yeah. more depending on like the ages of it like if everyone's vaxxed and like just say, no you say i'm worried about sorry we can't get together i'm worried about the virus i guess you could do i that. i, I got it's got to be long term i i think it's got to be long term too and i i wonder if and i have no idea but i wonder if you gain more ground if you just say hey look we, I am aware that your husband is abusive, and for that reason, socially things will be different with huh. us. I can't huh. have my kids in the house. It's not you. I care deeply about you. I want to help you, and I'm here to help you in any way whatsoever. Huh. But the reality, I mean, I, like I said, I have no clue what you gain from this, but just being like point blank. Things are different now. I now know that you're in an abusive relationship and you don't have to be and I can help you. There's a chance that friend goes, fuck off. You know, but right. I, I think I, I don't know this from experience, but I could imagine that there's embarrassment too. people well, don't right. want to be the family that's identified as, yes. oh, yeah, we're a, we have an abusive relationship. Right. And now that's how we're labeled and that's who we are. And that's what you guys think. And that I think that's why some people do the cover up of like no 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 he's he's great he had a little too much to drink and I think you because of embarrassment you go down that road so far you convince yourself that he is a good guy and no he just had a little too much to drink and you stop seeing no he has true legit mental psychological issues that he has to deal with and he'll he'll never get to dealing with them until he sees how damaging it really is. I mean, right. that, I, I know it's so bizarre. I think about this all the time, but people that are in the abusers, uh, and, the, and I'm not trying to <laughs> make some sort of excuse, but there's a world where those abusers were also at one point abused. That's what turns them into thinking this is some solution. This is some sort of 
common interaction is that, well, yeah, if I tell my wife I'm going to bed, she needs to come inside. You're like, well, you probably didn't concoct that. You actually probably do think that because as a kid, you witnessed that. Mm -hmm. And so you think this is normal. That's why he doesn't stop. It's more than just, you know, a a mental thing. It's actually someone who thinks, well, no, this is reality. This is how things are. Right. So it's, I think the point blank, here's the facts, here's the truth, here's the situation. And I, I think there's also a world where you label it like your husband needs help. Also, <laughs> you need help. I think it would be the word. Reasons. I think it would be the wording of it because I do. Because I think that, like, yeah. as you're saying, because you're saying, because I get what you're saying, because you're basically saying, like, if you try to be honest with her, maybe you can strip away some of that uh, artifice that makes yeah. her feel like she can't be honest about what she's going through. Yeah. But I think also at the same time, you don't want that label, and it's hard to look at somebody yeah. when you're like, they think I'm weak a doormat abused yeah. uh blah 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 so i don't yeah. and and she wants to keep that door open so i think if you know if anything it's like you know your husband really freaked us out and um yeah. i would prefer to just hang with you if possible like you know just kind of do that right don't go deep don't like don't start to sort of diagnose him yeah 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 and just sort of just do that and then like you know, again, it's just about keeping the door open to your friendship. And then also, you know, trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. It's threading a needle for sure. Yeah. It's like right. you said, it's the word choice. It's the how, the when, and the way. All of it is like, it's delicate. But I d- the only reason I say, if you go into it saying, hey, we can't hang out for false reasons, you you those may be might start to pile up because I've I've gone yeah. down that road and then someone goes, you know, you go, well, we can't because of COVID. And they go, oh, no, we have all these rapid tests. And you're like, uh, well, also my cousin is in town. <laughs> and then they go, oh, they're invited too. And you're like, all right, look, if I just tell you the truth, uh, then I don't have to My cousin hates rapid tests. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin only PCRs, uh, which is so snobby. So snobby. Uh, oh, well, we'll hire a concierge. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we're out of gas. Well, we walk. You can walk to our house. Okay. Um, I think no, there's a slippery, Heel <laughs> spurs. There's a slippery slope with the... Oh, my gosh. It's true. Yeah. Rory, has there ever been another parent... It not doesn't have to be this level, but someone who's kind of like a shit heel that you just don't want your kid around. How have you, like, dealt with that? You know, I it I, that is very real that the kids can hit it off and the adults don't hit it off. I think it's... There is a way to sort of... You know, when your kid really hits it off with somebody, especially my kid, she's an only child. So it means a lot to us to do these play dates and get get her with mm-hmm. other kids and playing all the time. It's so important. But you do have to sort of navigate when, you know, someone is... Luckily, we've never found ourselves in a position where I, I thought someone was abusive or, you know, whatever. But, you know, you, you I, I could see myself in a situation where, let's say, instead of abuse... Someone can't stop talking about, you know, how the government is out to get you. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, let's say conspiracy theory. So yeah, not yeah, someone yeah. who would ever, like, you know, hit hit their family or even with my kid. But still, you have to factor in, well, what do people talk about? And how do they talk to each other if that's going to influence my child? I don't want them to – I don't want them growing up in a world where they think people don't talk like that. They need to know there's all kinds of communication out there. But – I think there's a, a way of just going, hey, what about a play date with this other? <laughs> you you can you sort of steer and navigate. Now, granted, mm. 
if they live up the street from you, it's a little more difficult. Luckily, it sounds like there's a lot of kids in that neighborhood and they all play. So there's a good blend of, all right, it's not always just, it's, we're not relying on just this relationship mm-hmm. uh, up the street, but it's it's a slippery slope yeah. with uh, other other parents. And, and I think, you know, where your kids meet uh, is also where you're going to find a, a sort of more like-minded potentially more like-minded sort of mental i don't know state you know if we were to suddenly start going to church <laughs> we might be like huh no one here really clicks with us it's like well yeah cuz you're at church and you're not a church person uh-huh. yeah but you know if we go to uh some sort of uh class like an art class you know not that that's some sort of safe like oh it'll be safe you still might run into someone wildly different but there is a chance that maybe someone's like oh yeah yeah no i think logically also and i think you know hitting your kids is a horrible thing and that communication is important you go great we're already off to a great start (laughs) you know is there anybody like do you have any parent friends where it's like your wife is like the one where you're like, I can't take them. Will you go drop her off? Do you know what I mean? Like certain parents. <laughs> and name are like, them. <laughs> name them. Actually, yes. Give and name names. Um, you know, we're we're pretty lucky. We don't have that. I okay. think we've gotten lucky that most of my daughter's friends and 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 friendships that we have, it's been great. Yeah. I. But also, you have to remember, you're not. You don't necessarily converse with these parents so much i mean if it's at a birthday party sure but the other thing that is so i forget this all the time but like going to a kid's birthday party you don't i don't ever remember until i'm at the party like oh yeah all of these parents we're all the same age i'm not Mm -hmm. talking to like an adult i don't ever see myself as an adult (laughs) even at at, even at 41 this is where the bit boy uh has controlled (laughs) my own perception of my identity but I just see myself as like, oh yeah, I'm just like, uh, I'm not, I, I, I'm not irresponsible. But I also, you know, if you want to talk about the stock market, I can sit here and nod my head and pretend I know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I'm probably going to talk about how I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and think that that's somehow amusing. Yeah. But you then you do realize like, oh yeah, you're also late 30s or early 30s or late 40s or whatever. And you're like, oh yeah, we're all in this same sort of space. So that for the most part, you run into people who are kind of talking about the same stuff anyways, or within a space in terms of just like how to operate as a human being. You know, I'm not at a thing where someone's, we're never in a position where someone's like, I don't know, I kind of support January 6th. (laughs) You know what I mean? Then you're like, wait, what are we at? Whose birthday is this? How did we meet them? How did our daughter meet this friend? You know, you just, those things just sort of don't uh, happen, really. Uh, Right. Uh, For us. Do you you have time for one quick one? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. This is a voicemail. Hi, Naomi and Andy and guest. Uh, Thank you so much for having such an awesome show. It really brightens my day when I can hear it. I love it, and I love you. Okay, just a quick question. Settle a bet. So let's just say you're with somebody for a long while, and you decide that, you know, you need to get some work done. You're going to reconvene about a half hour, uh, and then maybe watch a show. So you get back reconvening, and the other person has already started a movie without you. What's the proper thing to do next? Do they turn the movie off? Do you start the show? 
help me out. You can probably tell which person I am in that situation. Uh, but anyway, thanks so much for your advice. Okay, so there is a betrayal here. Leave them. <laughs> Leave them. <laughs> there is a betrayal. There is a betrayal. Like, we said we would start to show up. And That's you know worse than the abusive husband. That's worse <laughs> Rory! than the <laughs> Rory! <laughs> Oh my goodness! See, that's the bit. That's when you can't not do the bit. Um, <laughs> I agree. Betrayal. Betrayal is the perfect word. <laughs> but like, it's happened, right? The other day, you were watching Criminal Minds. Yeah, we were gonna <laughs> always, sure, always. We were gonna watch yeah. something, and then I. And then I didn't want to interrupt you, though. We were going to eat dinner. I forget exactly No, what when the... you came over, though, with, with your food, I was like, I stopped Criminal Minds. But I didn't ask you to stop, And pivoted to our I? program. I didn't ask you to stop, oh. did I? I understand that, but I'm a very good partner. I, that's, <laughs> you what it, what was, I have two questions. What was the food, and what <laughs> is the program that you guys pivot to? Was it the night that I had... <laughs> one of your kindergarten dinners. Yeah, one of my kindergarten dinners. It might have been... <laughs> Baked lays, corn, <laughs> corn nuggets, corn nuggets, and like uh, broccoli, oh, roasted broccoli. <laughs> Love it. And he Love was just that. like, "I'm ready. My nuggets are ready." And then yeah. big bowl we, of roasted broccoli. And I yeah. think we pivoted to Reno 911 because yes. <laughs> Andy had never seen Rory, so now he's watching it. Now we're watching it as a couple, and it's nice to see the world through his eyes. I love just he sits down with that uh very childish meal and you turn it off criminal minds because you're like you're not ready for this <laughs> and you're not hands capable over your eyes yeah. you know. until i pause it do not listen to anything they're saying this is above you this is beyond you <laughs> yeah uh, i would eat uh i would eat that me all three times a day <laughs> just to be clear it's a good meal yeah i think i think uh i gotta say the what unless it hasn't been discussed that you intend to watch something together uh then i you know if you did say look we're gonna reconvene in 30 minutes if in that scenario i would be kind of like I think I'd go into it with a, a very what the fuck attitude. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck? Why did you start a thing? Now, granted, what is the movie they've started? And do I not give a shit about that movie? And then I just go, oh, okay. I thought you said you wanted to hang out, but we don't have to. But you, we did say we were going to hang out. It seems like you've decided to start a movie a motion picture that you've already started. Even if you wanted me to watch it with you, you've already started exactly. it. Exactly. Without me, I can read these signs i'm not mad i just need you to know this is bizarre <laughs> <laughs> like for instance if you guys said hey let's watch criminal minds together you're walking up with your food and she's like i'm 15 minutes in you would be like well then what does that mean we go back and re-watch the 15 because that's what we said we were gonna do yeah i yeah yeah, I'm I'm very much on on her side about this. Of uh, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> that's insane. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Let's, yeah, it's yeah. really wild. Turn off the movie. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Turn off the movie. Absolutely. Why you would even start a motion picture is beyond me. They didn't I, start the thing that they were supposed to watch together, right? No, that's crazy. No, it's separate. They were gonna watch a show, and then oh, this yeah. person, I guess, like was killing time and thought the way to kill time was to start a whole ass movie. There but are. 
there are millions of ways to kill time that aren't starting <laughs> yeah. a two-hour thing. Doodle, shouldn't be doodle stopped. in a sketchbook. <laughs> That's great. Doodle in a sketchbook. Doodle in a sketchbook. That's gonna be get my new advice book. for everything. Doodle get in a, a sketchbook. Get a doodle book and get a nice marker. I tell you what, <laughs> yeah. it feels you good. Could, you could dust. Dusting yes. takes about a half an hour. You dust. Dusting you a floor dust. of a house, I, I say. Why <laughs> uh, did, did the person stop the movie at the point of reconvening? That's the question. Because the way Naomi sound like changed, they did. you know, the way you turned off Criminal Minds, yeah. you go, all right, you're now you're over here. Let's do it. Yeah, that's yeah. different. Yeah, it is. Or you could, if it's if uh, I think Rory, you said this, but like if it's something you like are like, oh, I don't mind walking, like something you've seen a million times, and you kind of like, like uh, uh, their partner put uh, Jim Cotta on, and you're What's like, that? yes, I don't know. it's like an old Van Damme film. <laughs> It's like, from the, it's like from the 80s is gymnastics and karate like mixed gym kata honestly when we were when we were talking about films going back to the bit question from earlier my brain started going through like what's a funny film to say and i had to, like, <laughs> I had to genuinely push that into the back of my mind and Lord. be like please pay attention to what everyone's saying <laughs> it genuinely was a a, a a like a like conscious thought like stop this and but then it came yeah. up at a natural organic moment yes. that was much more satisfying yeah yeah you could yeah. feel yeah. that that organic moment yeah. <laughs> yeah. but like um you could because like i was watching you you were out with a friend and i was watching licorice pizza and you came in and was you I were out? like i'll see what this like weird movie i just kind of walked by it but it already started so it's not like i was involved but you sat down and were watching like if it's something you don't care about or like could be into and you don't care that you missed the first thing oh I yeah i sit and play boggle i got i love you know? that Oof, I, I just sit that. next to it and play boggle. It's like we're being close i got my boggle Here's my question. Do you guys, before you start Licorice Pizza, are you already fully aware that Naomi has mentioned she's maybe not that interested in ever seeing it or caring yes. much about it? Yeah, we totally, like, I, yeah. I went through the, the screeners we had, and I'm like, which ones do you not want to see at all? Yeah, that's, yeah. see, that's called sanity. That's called, <laughs> that that is literally going, what's the easiest thing I could ever do to yeah. maintain a healthy relationship? And it's like, <laughs> Yeah, just go ahead and check in on the stuff that and go, oh, okay, so you don't like those movies? Then those are going to be my time yeah. moments. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. If it's a Wes or a Paul Thomas, she's not into it. No. Yeah. A Wes, a Paul Thomas? No, thank you. But those a Paul Andersons. West. <laughs> but a, <laughs> those are the Anderson family. But a Paul West movie. Now that's. Oh, no. That's where you you dig in. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give another just piece of advice to all the bit boys out there. One thing I learned that I found very helpful. Someone said, you know, before you say something, it's not in the context of bits. It's usually like how you stop saying something hurtful. You know? Yeah. It is. Does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? And does it need to be said right now? Yeah. (laughs) And that is how I feel about bits as well as hurtful. Words. Yeah, and you got to ask yourself those three questions fast because if the answer to all of them is yes, then you got to quickly get that bit out. Fire that. There's a timing to that bit. It's gotta oh go. no! Oh my! Oh, God. the other. Hey, to go back to the bit thing. Sometimes you got to leave leave stuff on the table. Sometimes yeah. you got to to like. You're, you want to say it, but yep. the time, because I learned this a, a, a while ago, where it's like, even if the time had passed, I would say the joke. Oh, yeah. And then it's just silence. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, 
oh, uh, but I wanted to get this out, and I was polite, and it's yeah. like, and I waited for everyone to to for to, <laughs> to stop pivot talking. to a whole ass new topic. Yeah, I wait, yeah, I waited for everyone to stop talking normally so I could say the joke, and then it's like, no, no, no. Uh, part of this whole thing is timing. Yeah. So yeah, it's you so can't sad. Get it out. I know. It's a sad that. moment. It crushes me when that happens. <laughs> oh my god! If you can't I get it, it out, leave it on the table. Leave it. Yeah, leave it. I agree. There is a. There is such a. Uh, there's such a timing <laughs> to the to doing the bit, and yeah. <laughs> oh, Rory, thank you so much for coming and visiting with us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is great. This I love was so it. wonderful. You're a true gem. Yeah, this was a, this was a real delight. A dang delight. You guys are too nice. Thank you. All right, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.